1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Friday Night Lines. Uh, My name is Mark. This is Catfish and Crop Channel. Today's guest is, (laughs) my special guest today is Lyle Stokes. Um, How are you doing, Lyle? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I can't wait to start talking uh, fishing rods with you. Uh, (laughs) But first, I do want to... Bring up my little weekly segment I've been doing called This Week in Catfishing, where I go over, like, the weekly live streams, such as yours, which is one of the best, and kind of give a recap of what's happening. I got links in the description for all of that. Uh, Might as well put up my banner here so people can actually see that show. There we go. Perfect. All right. This week on Lyle's show Catfish Weekly, we had Chad, uh, where they talked a little bit about the couples tournament. Also, had Kevin talking about the Golden Whiskers Award. Uh, If anybody out there in chat could share the Golden Whiskers Award link and the link to the couples tournament, that would be cool. I got links to the shows from this week in the description of the video. Uh, The next day on Tuesday, Roger over at Muskrat Adventures had a great show with Mark Bluvout. Did I say that right? Lyle, do you know how to say his last name? Blavout. Mark Blavell about Dragon Bates. I learned a lot on that one. If you get a chance and you haven't seen it, make sure you you check it out. Links are in the description. Uh, James, um, Patriot James, his link's in the description. He had JP3 on there. They were talking about how they could have went a little differently about what happened to improve their outcome uh, on the couples tournament uh the bait shop had one ton fishing i see one tons out there in the chat room hello how are you and on sunday we had palmetto cats with paula smith that was a great show i love hearing paula talk whenever i can uh speaking of miss smith uh, and the ladies of fishing i have an announcement at the end of the show so uh if you guys could uh hang on to that till then that would be fantastic also, the last thing that happened this week was Chunky went live this week, and he had his five thousand subscriber giveaway. That was kind of cool. What I really liked about that it was somebody that isn't a regular subscriber, so he got he got to give his prize away to, to uh, somebody maybe even new to fishing. I didn't hear the rest or or the backstory of that, but I thought that was kind of neat. Um, so again, welcome Lyle. Let's get started here. Welcome everybody in chat. Maybe I'll uh, let's see who's out there in chat. We'll check out the participants. We got Ace Catfishing, Avid Fisherman, Buckeye Catfishing, uh, Catfish and Pappy, Creole Catfishing. Stay safe, my friend. I know the weather's getting bad out there. That was a great live stream right before here. Uh, they were doing Lyle. He was. You were in there. I think I saw you in there.
0: I'm still hungry after. Oh, that. I'm telling you,
1: they're doing that hurricane prep, and that food looks so good. I love it that Cajun food. Uh, we got a uh, Finn Seeker in the house. What's going on, Finn? Um, hopefully, them crappie bites will turn on. We'll find them big ones real soon. Fishing with the Chad, the couple's tournament madman. We got fish in the rut. D, hello, D. How are you? Uh, D is actually part of my announcement later, Ray. Cool.
0: D. Chad's D. I, I Dockery was in here a while ago. Did he leave? I don't know. No,
1: yeah, maybe he did. Maybe something happened. Uh, Jason, Jason Lamb. Hey, Jason, how are you? Hey, Zeus. Martigral. Hey, how are you, JD? What's going on? Uh, Kevin Baker's in the house. Maurice Carson's here. Thank you, Maurice, for being here. Uh, Stan Smith, the man. Ryan, setting hooks and crossing eyes. What's up, my friend? Thanks for tuning in. And Sean uh, Abney,
0: uh, new viewer. Um, unless all know them but thank you for a lot of shows they do him and his wife watch a lot of shows been a follower catfish weekly for a long time i met him at a tournament down in uh, owensboro kentucky several years ago had a great conversation with him really awesome people good to hear well i'm glad you could bring him in hopefully he'll like my channel and come back and check it
1: out oh i hope so perfect um let's see what else i think i got everybody in the house uh hopefully, some other people will come in later they they kind of do um, yep, they're still coming too, apparently so, so let's start talking uh fishing rods while I am a gearhead, I'm not even gonna kid you I love gear i mean i i I like gear more than I like fishing sometimes, I think, especially on the bad days it gives, me, it gives me something to think about when the fishing ain't biting like it wasn't for james and uh and j p three on uh, last Saturday. <laughs> that was rough, <laughs> but it was fun. It was That couples tournament is, is is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it tomorrow. I'm going to get up early, make some coffee, check it out. And actually, Chad has given me the opportunity to help co-host on Sunday while he's out fishing. So I'm really, really I'm really looking forward to that. All right, so so back to the fishing rods. All right, so um, I, let I, I figured we'd go back to, to like the a beginner level. Um materials maybe even starting we'll start like right at the base of the rods. We'll we'll go at what the average normal materials are to like the high end stuff. What what are our options? Hang on just a second. I, I got a message oh from someone. Let me guess James.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did he leave? <laughs> no, he's he's still watching. Oh, is he <laughs> Uh, for some reason, everything that happens, he thinks that I'm behind it. You know, I I, I can't imagine why that would be, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is.
1: <laughs> uh, he needs to come back. If he's still watching, I don't see him in the room, which is rather odd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know. You want to know about the high end, low end, and everything in between—is that? Well, let's right?
1: talk about the raw materials. What are, what are your fishing rods basically made out of? What are your choices? I guess is what I'm trying to ask.
0: Well, as of right now, um, we still do. Uh, uh, we do some fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Fiberglass, regardless, is what's on the sticker. Is the majority of the production rods are made out of? They can say they're made out of anything because in China, where that are Most all of them are made. They don't have to adhere to any kind of laws or anything in Missouri or in the United States. So they can tell you, we want this put on that decal, and that's what put on it, whether it's true or not. But fiberglass blanks are a great blank. They have been around forever. They're lightweight. They're strong if you get the good ones. They're extremely cheap compared to everything else. And we'd still do a few fiberglass blanks. The next thing and probably the most durable rod blank on the market is e-glass. Um, there is some misconception about some of the the other types of stuff, but e-glass is a combination of grassite and fiberglass, and it's extremely strong. It's not quite as lightweight as graphite or fiberglass singly, but it is so strong and, and durable, and they, uh, if you get a good quality blank, they, they rarely break under normal use. Now, you anything can be broken. And then you got the graphite, uh, which is just about all Cindy and I use anymore because they're so lightweight. They're extremely strong, and the sensitivity on them is just out out of this world. Now, the new stuff that they're coming over, the fiber stuff that's coming out of Japan and stuff, I don't do any of that because they have not made one heavy duty enough and enough quality for the size fish that we normally are chasing. Okay. Uh, Now, for bass, crappie, uh, smaller fish, they're fine. And they got lots of flex, lots of bend. They don't weigh very much, but they're not made for 60, 70, 80, however big a fish you feel like you're going to fish for. And, and I just, you know, if I can't stand behind it, I'm not, I'm not going to build on them. You know, no, nobody
1: wants to hook up to that holy grail, you know, triple digit fish and yeah have something I, fail on them. That that would be that would be bad. You
0: know, that, and that's exactly it. Now the other, the one that people talk about a lot that is is a falsehood is is glass. Okay. Uh, the S-glass is an extremely expensive additive that they put into the fiberglass. And S-glass itself is extremely heavy. That's why for so many years you only heard about it or seen it in the saltwater industry. And the what people that are saying, well, well, mine's made out of S-glass. Well, there's such a small amount of that compound in those blanks now that you could never detect it. Uh, if it did, if they had, if it was S-glass, They'd just be so heavy that you wouldn't want to use them as we do. Now, if you was using them on saltwater ships, boats, where they just drag them or, or float them or drift them off the side or whatever, but you could not sit there and cast them in and out all day. They're yes, just pretty right. heavy. Okay. But and especially with, with those great big old reels they use on out there.
1: Yeah, those reels are, are, are pretty stout to begin with. I doubt anybody's yeah. casting those. They, yeah. they, they might be, you know, bouncing stuff off the bottom and stuff, so bottom fishing them. But other than that, they're trolling or dragging them. Uh, they, I don't have much experience in the saltwater. Hopefully, someday I'll have a little bit of experience. But this year kind of put an end to that. But that's another yeah. story.
0: Yeah, uh, we've, we've done a little bit of that, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I that's another story, I guess. But I, I, you know, people talk about how hard them saltwater fish fight, and, and I know the big groupers and the sharks and stuff like that do. But just an average old saltwater fish, uh-huh. it ain't like a blue or a flathead. Just, not,
1: not, no comparison. I still want to try one of those giant trevalles. I just can't afford to get Yeah, they'd be
0: good, too. I, I, my shoulders won't let me catch any of the big ones anymore. something
1: about going halfway around the world, too, that isn't too cheap. You know, that sounds like an expensive trip.
0: Yeah. it. it you know, we went to Mexico. We had a good time down there, though. It was a lot of fun.
1: We went, we, last time I was in Mexico was for my, uh, or my, uh, not anniversary, for my honeymoon. 25 years ago this Thursday, by the way. Oh, or this Wednesday, the 14th. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, we we did, get, I did get a chance to go fishing. We just got a bunch of barracuda, which I find out later in life is, is almost kind of like a trash fish in the ocean. So, at least considered by anglers. So, we kind of got duped on that. But we had a good time. My wife actually went fishing and she got the biggest one. I think hers was... I, I don't want to say how it she caught the biggest one in the boat, which was kind of cool, but she got so seasick Lyle. We laid it we were in the ho- we went back to the hotel. We slept for like 20 hours straight after that. She was oh, done. Wow. That was a kind of a waste of day, but it was good. That's another story. All right, so we got the base three basic kinds of uh uh materials that, that, that most people well most rod yeah. makers use. Um what what about like some of the store bought rods, like um, the ugly sticks? What are they made out of? Fiberglass. They are just regular fiberglass. Is that why they're so durable? They can hang in yeah, all the absolutely. And, and,
0: you know, they've been making those for uh, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I can remember when they first come out with them. And uh, they are a, a good, inexpensive rod to buy. If you're learning, starting out, or if you just don't want to spend a bunch of money, you can buy those things at about any box store. And, and the quality on them for the amount of money you spend it's pretty good it is as pretty good. with most production rods mm-hmm. now there is a few that that don't uh hold up to that kind of uh stuff but but most of them um for the average guy that's not out there looking for giant fish or in tournaments or bumping or some specialty thing uh the gold glass rods are hard to beat you know yeah and uh they ugly sticks they they call them a composition now uh out of a GL2 but i've repaired some of them and they they make the mistake of leaving the part numbers of the blanks on them when they build them and i can chase them down and i so they can say whatever they want i know what they're made out know what they're made know. of yeah
1: yeah who knows how they get around that it depends where they're made to
0: yeah that's exactly right but there's nothing wrong with those rods that, no, that no. One, they sell millions of them a year and they will continue to do so probably till
1: the end of time i still have i i have some old old you know the ones that have still have the gold thread on them and stuff sitting in my garage i use them for bait rods they outrest i have one ugly stick that i uh it's a bait rod it was i bought it for like standard you know bobber fishing and such but I use it for bait, for blue, or, uh, bullhead fishing to this
0: day. And I've gone through three rods on that, or three reels on that one rod I've gone through before the rod went. Do you remember when they when they started advertising those ugly sticks on TV and they showed them guys bending them over yeah. and touching the thing? Okay. I had a brother-in-law, his name was Jay, and we was in a place called Jack Sporting Goods in Hannibal, Missouri. And he <laughs> bought one of them right in the store. He paid for it. They flipped around and it broke. <laughs> they went right back and got him another, and he done it again. Did it break? It broke again. It's they like told it? him the next time you take it outside the store, don't break another. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do it with the next one, but he had that real that rod for years after that. But he broke two of them. They made him go outside.
1: And that right, you stress you kind of stress anything too much. I mean, like we yeah. had mentioned that the the, uh, the, the high end rods, the um, the graphite rods. I, I've had some experience with them. Um, And I know if I nick them and I'll drop them or I close the door on them, they break like right away. But uh, you feel, especially if I'm crappie fishing and I want to feel that thump, if I have a graphite rod, I can feel everything. I can tell you what's on the bottom when I'm dragging the bottom. I can tell you what kind of weeds, if I'm in the mill foil or if I'm in the grass. I, I can kind of do that. But it's that cost that, that's kind of offsetting for me. I would I would do it in a specialized rod. Like I still have a graphite rod I use for my salmon fishing. I wouldn't give that up because it's constant casting. It's like nonstop. Um, as far as anything else, it depends. If I start bumping, which I don't have the opportunity to do so out there, I would
0: definitely go with a graphite rod for that. Uh, the oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> that you make both as lightweight as you can, especially if you're sitting there six, seven hours, bumping that baby up and down that river all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bumping rods that I build, the last several that I weighed was just over seven ounces. That's that's
1: that's crazy for a big catfish rod, yeah.
0: And the, the blanks that Cindy and I uh use for our regular fishing, of course, we have pretty much got channel cat rods, which are a lot faster action, mm-hmm. and then we have uh boat rods for blues and flatheads, but I you know, there's so many options out there anymore. Me being able to do it, I can uh, make whatever I want, but uh, I want them to be as light as possible because when you get a big fish on, especially in Mississippi River Current, which is anywhere from three or four to seven or eight, nine mile an hour, if you get any size of fish on it, all, you can't hardly get it in now the rod holder. Yeah. So, uh, I the lighter the blank is, the better off it is and they're smaller diameter and and we've just about went to all graph. I, we still have some e-glass stuff that uh, Cindy's got some rods that where she won angler of the year in the women's division uh, two or three times. And every time, back in those days, I used to whoever whoever would win the youth and the angler of the year and the women's angler of the year. I would make all of them a rod with that information on the decal and give it to them. Well, she'd won two or three of them, she still uses some of them and, um, you know, she probably always will. She's got one that's purple. That's her lucky rod, and every big fish she ever caught was on it, and I even caught a big fish on it once because I was sitting by it, and she couldn't get through me to get to the rod. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that. I have this, like, I don't, I don't believe in
1: superstition except for, like, this one thing. If I have a new rod and I take it out more than a handful of times and I don't catch a fish on it, it stays in the garage. Yeah. It sits in the garage. I don't mess with it. That's the only thing. It's like – I I got, I got four rods hanging on my garage
0: right now that i have never caught a
1: fish that I spent the money on.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I of course, I build all of ours and, and um, I've got, I ordered some of those Cobra systems that you put on your garage door uh-huh. to get some. I've got so many sitting around and my shed's full of ones and I build them. And if companies used to send me by the tons, they'd send me blanks to build on. And to see if I'd like them, of course, there was in hopes that I would, then I would buy a bunch from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I built some of them and never made it off at, into the boat because I didn't like them. Right you didn't like, the no, yeah. I didn't like the way they are. No, I didn't like something about them I didn't care for. And I have built a lot of them uh, back years ago and give them to different guys that we was pro-staffing. And sometimes they loved them and wanted more of them, but they just the quality of them just wasn't good enough. That I would spend my money and sell to somebody and have to stand behind, and that's that's one of the big issues that I have with production rods. Is I can buy all those blanks and guys use, mm-hmm. but I want a higher end unit when it goes out the door. And there's nothing wrong with what they do. It's just not what I want to do. There's that balancing act between
1: durability and and performance, right? Always oh, a state, just like with hot rods, right? That's right you want to get everything you can and you got to make it to the end of that quarter mile. So,
0: yep. I, uh, you know, we've, for, for a long time, we've given lifetime warranties on our stuff. Now that doesn't include if you shut it in a car door, Mm -hmm. uh, bill dance it in the tailgate of your truck or whatever, you know, that's guilty on both. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a separate deal, but, uh, if you break one catching a fish or anything, just all you, know, you got to do is send it back. And we can tell. I mean, my God, I've seen so many different ones. And people send other brands to us trying to get them to, re- to repair them. And I don't do very many repairs anymore. And there's certain brands that I won't repair at all. I don't care what's wrong with them. It's yeah. not worth the time for me to spend doing it. Yeah, is there is there a lot of work in actually repairing a rod, or is it easier to build one? Or it's easier to build one. Everything's new, clean. You start out fresh. You can rip one up done and mm-hmm. and in and out the door. If you, for me, a lot of times they'll send them to me. And and uh, what happens to the majority of the repairs, especially on production rods, because they 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 are most of them are built with cork for front and rear grips, and. Uh, the cork they use is not the high quality stuff because they couldn't afford to sell them at the price they're doing if they bought the real high dollar stuff. Yeah, cork's expensive. And it is. It's very expensive. So I have to take that off, put it in a lathe, make it smooth and round again, both ends, and then build them up uh, and then shape them and sand them and. You know, so by the time you do, I do that for somebody on a sixty-dollar rod, they can go out and buy another one.
1: Another one, yeah, for the same price. Yeah, yeah, that's that whole balance again. Sometimes work just isn't worth it.
0: But now there's people that's got their dads or their grandfathers or another family member or friends' rod, and it's something's happened to it. The ice broke off of it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the problems that we've been having here lately with this COVID stuff going on is getting product in guides and cork and everything that has to be shipped, anything that has to be shipped from overseas, a lot of it has been sitting on containers, which I'm sure you know what that is, out yeah. on ships. They've been sitting out there for months, and they can't get them unloaded. I hear they got the, the ports in um, uh,
1: Long Beach closed right now. They're not uh, they're not letting anything in and out of there just because of the COVID and stuff, which
0: is, which is, got is some stuff been, i got some stuff been sitting on, out in California off the coast. For about four months. Well, you know, I know some people that worked
1: along Long Beach, uh, the the docks out there, or the shipping port. The place is huge. When I was out there visiting him, he's a he, he's a designer for Harley Davidson. So I visited him a long time ago, okay. and uh, he is now, and or he retired, and now he works on he does security at the dock. So um, he took me for a tour when I was out there, and that place is monstrous. To imagine that being shut down, the the. Uh-huh the amount of stuff that goes through there on a daily basis was incredible. It was like, it, you know how when you're sitting at a freight train, you see going by one, you see each car go by one, by one, by one. Imagine that with trucks, nonstop, yeah. in and out, in and out, in and out, nonstop all day. But anyways, that, that explains the shortage of a lot of things. Um, all right, so uh, we got the materials kind of down. I know what I like. I do like graphite. Um, I don't trust myself with graphites. So.
0: <laughs> well, one thing about graphite is if you bang it around, if you scratch it or do anything to it, okay. it may never break. But if it does, it'll be where there's a scratch or something that's happened to the finish. And I, I don't want anybody, you know, in the ch- in chat to think that graphite's a weak material
1: because it's not. No, it's it, not. It, it's directional. So if, you're, if you have a fish on, it's at its strongest. But if you come at it sideways or hit it with something, that's where the brittle part comes in.
0: Yeah, so you have to take better care of them. E-glass is the most by far and fiberglass. And and by guys. far, the most durable things that you can make blanks out of to date okay
1: Noah, uh let's start at the the butt end what do you like to wrap your what, what what's your choice or what are the choices of what to to make the
0: butt end out of or, or the handle part the grips front and rear they make them out of so many different things now you can get any any combination that you want uh one of the most popular things that we do, cork is is always going to be way up there because it's lightweight. But between cork and EVA foam and cord wraps, which is 550 paracord, mm-hmm. uh, there's one ounce, about one ounce difference, depending on the length of the rear grip, uh, between any one of the three. So it's not a major deal, but the cord wrap is by far the most durable. Um some people don't like the way it feels in their hands. Other people love it. One of the issues with it is some women don't like it because they think it's rough on their hands, but it's it's just a different feel, I I think. Cindy uses them all the time. She don't have any issues with them. You said the um, cork wrapped ones or no, the the cord wrapped out of 550 cord. Oh oh 550 cord, okay. Yeah, I've got oh, I don't know. A ton of different colors and combinations of 550 cord because nobody ever wants black yeah. being the most popular because it's easy to keep clean uh, uh, I, I buy that in 1000 spool, foot spool, spools uh, the other ones I buy in half that uh, 500 feet spools because I don't use as much of it but then again you'll get the guy in they'll want red and black or green and orange or whatever the combination is and he'll want six or eight rods built for a guide service or something, and mm-hmm. and boom, then you're uh, you're going through that pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I imagine you would. Uh,
1: Paracord's pretty durable stuff. Last um, it's also synthetic, so it's it doesn't
0: absorb absorb. Or am I wrong on that? No, I believe it is synthetic, and it doesn't absorb like it does. Now you can stain it, but the thing about paracord is, if you get it to where it's just nasty and you don't. Want to fool with it, or you can't get it cleaned up? You just send it back, in about fifteen minutes, I got the old off and new on, and then you just I send it back to you. you just you know, now I, grips and stuff, we have a lifetime warranty on most all the blanks that I build, but now that does not include uh, any grip material because you know if I did, I'd be putting cork on twenty hours yeah. a day, year round, even. We buy cork direct from Portugal, uh, yep. and that's where the majority of it comes from. And it, I get some really nice stuff nice. at times, but it still—you put it in a rod holder—it's only—it's—it's going to only get so dull for this
1: it's world, world. crack when it gets dry if it's not taken care of. I, you know, maybe I'm giving away my age, but i, I think a cork <laughs> rod handle looks best. You know, especially yeah, if it's high-quality stuff. I mean, like, if you look at some of the cork they use on, like, let's say a St. Croix rod, which is a high-end rod, mm-hmm. this stuff just looks pretty, you know? Yeah, like, it does. Some of these cheaper rods, and it's just like a thin wrap or something, they come apart. Now, here's something that I've kind of really gotten fond of is the, uh, the X-Flock wrap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like that. It's easy for me to clean up. I'm able to, I'm able to handle it pretty good. It doesn't slip out of my hands so
0: much. It but it's depends on how much bait you got on your hands and gets on there, you know, cutting, cutting things. I, I put a lot of of X-Flock stuff on and and heat shrink stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while, I was doing a lot of it, and then it got to where they was wanting to know how to take it off. Uh, oh yeah. So they, but they like to cork, the feel of the cork. If you're used to cork, my buddy Doc Lang, and Doc, I hope that you're safe down there in that hurricane coming through. But Doc. He always wants cork, you know, and uh, that's what he likes. So when Doc wanted a rod, Doc got cork.
1: I, 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 I think I might share that same opinion. So I kind of like it. Now, do you seal the cork that you put on there? I do. You do? Okay. I think mm-hmm. that makes a big difference too.
0: Yeah, I do. And I've tried everything in the world. And they make some stuff called cork seal that's made just for that. And mm-hmm. I don't know who makes it for this company because I'm sure somebody makes it for them. But I've tried everything from wood sealer and uh, Thompson's and all that stuff, and none of it works. Like the regular cork, the cork seal that I get, it's uh, you buy it from any supply house, uh, except they're most all of them are out of it right now. But uh, yeah, it it works good. And it uh, doesn't do any good to put more than one coat on because once it sinks in there, it it dries and it won't sink again. It can't get through what you just put on. So one good, heavy, liberal coat
1: and uh, you're good to go. Good to go. Does that make it, does that add any, well, does it make it slick or no? No. Or it, it absorbs into the cork? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you want to have it shaped like you want it and everything before you put it on there. To lock it all down. You know, I did see, you know, I, I don't know if you know the channel iFish. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's, is his name Victor? Or uh, you'll have to forgive me if you ever watch this.
0: I'm not sure what his he name. He doesn't is.
1: say what his name is, too. But he lives near. He lives in this area, and I think I saw a video of him how showing how to seal your cork handle. So yep. it was kind of neat. And I also saw a Hagen Grubbs' video on how to wrap uh, paracord on your handles. So well, if anybody wants to do that to your rod, I you already have at home. There's a good place to go look. So,
0: yeah, it is. And, and Hagen done a good job in that video. Now, the way I do it is a lot different than the way guys that don't have the equipment that I have do. I put mine on the safe. Okay. And then I. You my, can get it nice and tight. Oh, it's tight. Yeah. <laughs> you got to cut it off. You can't just start it and get it off. Uh, but I also have, have an epoxy that goes underneath of it. And uh, that's not going anywhere. It's, you're, you're able to get uh, that off with epoxy? If it, yeah. with the epoxy down? Once mm. I get it broke loose at one end or the other, yeah. It'll just crack off then, probably, right? Yeah, and then, uh, like I say, uh, I've had guys that's had them for 8, 10 years, and they'll send them back, and uh, I'll get that done, and I'll get me some 60-grit sandpaper, and I've I got three lathes. I only have one set up right now, but I'll run that thing wide open, and I'll take that 60-grit, and I'll go back and forth and make it smooth again, and then uh, you, I like it rough like that. That way the epoxy will really grab hold really of it. And it ain't, yeah, it, I r- rarely ever have anybody say, hey, I got uh paracord come loose. It's it, it happened maybe once. But uh, normally I don't have any any issues with that. Now you're making me second guess paracord or cork. I have no <laughs> idea what I would want. I'd probably got, I'm sitting here looking at a box full right now of EVA foam and I don't know how many rolls of that I got, but I'm guessing there's 20 or so different colors of that. Some of it's pretty ugly, but people want it. Usually yeah. if somebody wants it, I'll order more than one. That way if they ever want it again, I won't have it. to wait to get it. Yeah. But uh, Thread is the thing that I got the most of, I'm guessing. I have probably got – well, if you ever see them deals, – Great big that they put different spools of thread color on them. My, my I, wife's
1: a sewer. She's got all of that stuff. Upstairs. Yeah, I've
0: got I've got two of those and and a whole shelf full of thread that needs to be on some more of them. You know, because if the guy wants, if you know they they'll want to try to match the color of a reel, or they'll want to try to match the color of their boat or, the or car the rod holders. Well, yeah, anything and a certain color is, green. I've got. As far as neon green, I've probably got a dozen different neon greens. So. I have a hard enough color. I have a hard
1: enough time picking colors for the websites I build. It's like, (laughs) I can't figure it out. I go out and I'll get like a palette wheel online or something just to get stuff to match. I'm like no good at any of that. So I usually (laughs) just let you professionals pick whatever you do and say, hey, I wanted
0: some kind of blue maybe. We'll go like that. So. One of my favorites is black and gold and black and silver. Uh, if somebody says, hey, I just make them any color you want them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard for me to get away from a black and silver or a black and gold because they really jump out at you. But uh, most of the time, people know what they want when they get a hold of me. And we don't do as many as we used to. Uh, and I think I told you this when we talked about doing the show uh, several years ago. I got so far behind that I felt guilty every time Cindy and I would go to a tournament or we'd go fun fishing because I had a hundred rods to build all the time and people was mad. You couldn't get, and I tell them straight up front, you know, I'm this many months behind before I can even start on it. And they'd still want to do it and that's fine. And then, you know, the next day or the next week they called, Hey, have you start on him yet? Uh, no. No, (laughs) you know it got to the point where it was just ridiculous because i couldn't get caught up and i tried to get cindy to help me and she won't do it because she says i can't please you and maybe she couldn't and my kids they all thought they wanted to do it but they same deal you know i certain ways i want things done and i hear you you know and they're raising families and doing stuff and I, I just know how I want them, and and they will never leave our house. One never left our house uh, unless I was satisfied with it. Uh, if I wasn't satisfied with it, my my opinion was that you wouldn't be when you seen it either. And uh, like I say, there's just certain ways I wanted stuff, and and that's the way it went.
1: It's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But it is. Kind of, I'd rather sleep at night than you know let something
0: shoddy go go by. You know, so yeah, we went to the uh, catfish conference two years ago when I had been working on a couple of rods for a guy, and he said, "Hey, can you bring them down here?" And I said, "Sure, I'll bring them down there." And I had like a week or so to get get them done, and, and basically just putting finish on them, make them shiny, and waxing them up and stuff. And when I got done with them, I didn't like them. And we got down there, and he said, "Hey, did you bring him rods?" I said, "Nope." nope. I, said, Why? I said because I didn't. I wasn't happy with them. They didn't look right. And I'm not going to give them to you until they, he said, I'm sure they'd have been fine. I said, they probably would have been. And you may have not have said a word, but they didn't suit me. And he understood in about uh, two weeks or whatever it was later when we got back and I I pulled, I, what I've done was took the decals off and put new decals on and they look better. You know, the finish sometimes weather, um, humidity, different factors affects the way the finish lays down. And I want it smooth, and I want it to look like it's supposed to. Yeah. That and little bubble in a sticker or something really
1: bothers me. I can't. It,
0: Once in a while, what will happen is the decals are made out of clear plastic, like a decal on a model car. You remember those? Yes, I do. Okay. It's
1: like that real thin material, almost like...
0: Yeah. Figure, yeah. I think it's three mil or whatever it is. They'll lift mm-hmm. up on the edge. Yeah. Well, I, you can't have that, Mm-mm. you know. And you can keep putting it on there and make it bigger around, and it'll eventually do it but one of the toughest ones i've done for a guy was a couple of snake skin uh rattlesnake skin uh front and rear grips were that was in the between the split grip on the back and um that that um snake skin was rough and i had put three or four coats of finish on and put it on pretty heavy uh And it just wasn't smooth. And the guy was, he was getting irritated. He said, you know, I want these rods. I said, I'm just going to tell you, I'll send you money back because I'm not sending them out until they're smooth. I just ain't going to. And finally, I had so much finish on the back of it that I had to sand some of it down. And one thing about that epoxy that you put on those, you can sand it down and make it really smooth. And then put that finish back over top of it and it'll fill in all the sand marks. And it's just mm-hmm. like glass. And that's what I had to do to where I was happy with it. And he never would have known if I hadn't told him that I had to sand that down, he would have never knew it because it was just, you know, it, the epoxy would build up on the edge of where that snake skin was And mm-hmm. geez, man, I just was beside myself. Uh, and I've done a couple of those since then and, and figured out how to do it. But, uh, you know, anything snake skin I kind of like myself so I that would have been cool to check to see <laughs> it, it was pretty neat I have to I don't know if I still got you know I've been doing it since 1984 and a lot of the pictures and stuff that that I've had are gone um, I've had them on different computers and the computer crashed and then you lose them because I didn't have no way of, didn't know how to save any of that stuff before but uh, and I haven't posted any pictures in almost in around four years. But um, I've took pictures of every rod I ever built. But like I say, most of the what I do now, I, it's not that I wouldn't do one for somebody. But most of the stuff I do now are repeat customers and and things like that because I don't want to ever get to the point where uh, I'm a uh, hundred rods behind all the time. That's just that's just silly. Do you you know? mind if I share the link to your
1: Facebook page so people can check out your pictures? That's what sure I was going absolutely. To do like
0: I say, there's not anything new on there, but. Um, I've I've done a lot of them over the years, and right now one of the biggest things that I've done the last several years are bumping rods because I was the first guy to come out with a catfish specific bumping rod mm-hmm. um, before anybody else had them. Uh, they was using they was using um, uh, I want to say walleye rods, but that's not right. Something musky rods, my, musky rods. They was using musky rods and guys was beating them up and breaking them and bitching about them being broke all the time. They're not cheap either. No. And I got to looking at what they have made out of. And I said, well, you know, you're catching 30, 40, 50, 60 pound fishing. And no wonder you're breaking them on these things. So I started working, uh, trying to find one. And the end result was I found a company that would build on my build blanks to my specification. And still today, as far as I know, the only way you can get that blank is through me. And I don't sell them. Um but nobody else can get it. And I know I've had guys that used to pro staff for us and guys that have bought them and they've given them to companies and they've sent them overseas, but they're not the same as what this guy makes. They're just not. And uh, they cost a lot more than what I could buy them from other companies. But like I say, when you buy that from me, it's a lifetime warranty on that blank. He, if it breaks, I'll fix it or replace it for free. Which you gonna If it's broke, I ain't replace it. I mean, ain't going to be no fix. You just build a new one. But you know, I'm a firm believer in you, you get what
1: you pay for. Yeah. Um, also, you know, like we, t- we started talking about the ugly sticks and stuff, which are fine rods. They work. Mm-hmm. They'll get the job done and everything. But I've learned that, you know, after I've gotten more involved in the sport or any sport, whatever it is, it's the little nuances, the little extra that you get over there that makes it more enjoyable for me. You know, yeah. we talk about the weight of the rods, the action of the rods, how they're going to hold up, how, you know, a medium heavy holds up compared to a heavy as far as castability. Are you on the bank? Are you on the boat? I've definitely, over the past few years, have taken all of that stuff into consideration when I buy any of my gear. And yeah. I'll tell you what, it it might not be easy
0: on the pocketbook, but it makes my fishing experience that much more enjoyable. It does. And, and you know, like a cork rod, you can shape it to fit a woman's hand you can make them smaller around you can make them bigger a a, a creole left a message here how are your bumping rods built well i build them however you want them i have a a, the bumping rod blanks are seven foot six which is kind of the standard anymore because of shipping cost but they're seven foot six and i usually put cork uh split rear grip on it and a cork floor grip uh, make them any color wraps you want, put your name and stuff on them. and all, It doesn't cost any more. All stainless guides. And so the stainless, uh, I, there's guys that sell production rods and they'll argue about, well, these other guides are a lot better. Well, if it was, all my customers wouldn't demand to have stainless. Yeah. Uh, and the guides that I use are higher than everybody else's because they're chrome-plated three different times. They're chrome-plated three times. And stainless... Uh, regardless of what people will tell you, stainless guides will groove with braided line. Definitely. It's it's the chrome but, on there, right? That's exactly right. The chrome and the thicker it is, the less chance you have it done. And I haven't replaced a guide from grooving from this company in 20 years.
1: I've noticed that from rod to rod. I'm not going to mention the names, but I've had some that have grooved and I have some that look as good as they did brand new. Now, granted, I'm boat and bank fishing. I'm not, right. you know, canston like we were talking the other day. Yeah for musky and stuff, but still, you know, a, you, you get a 30 pound fish with 65 pound braid. It's, 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 it's putting some pressure on those eyes.
0: So yeah, okay, here's, here's another one. If you don't mind, Mark. Sure. Uh, John Patrick says Do your rods, have the heavy aluminum reel seats. John, if people, I was ask, getting to that. <laughs> yeah. If people ask for that, yes, I'll put them on there. I don't, I, my go-to is a Fuji and, 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 Bumping rods have to have a trigger to, for them to operate correctly. I mean, some people don't want them on there, and that's fine. But for them to operate correctly, you got your finger on the on the trigger, your thumb on a spool, while you're back bouncing that bait down the river, and that's that's how they work. But a Fuji graphite reel seat is the best reel seat on the market now. If you're worried about it and and think that they're all plastic, which some of them are then aluminum is the way to go. And, yeah, it doesn't make any difference to me what you put on them. The reason I don't put aluminum on them unless I'm, people want them is simply for weight. They just add so much weight, and if you use a Fuji, there's no no need for it.
1: And we, we did have that talking. I, I always get aluminum rod seats. The only reason is I'm confident in metal just from the appearance yeah. of it. And a lot um, of people
0: are, and they look nice.
1: But if I was if I was going to go with a bumping rod, I would definitely go lightweight because, like I mentioned, a couple of the rods that I've had, I've never had a real seat break on any of the higher dollar rods. I've had them on cheaper rods break, but never on a never one that I've actually paid
0: for. So that that's definitely something I'd be willing to give a shot. Well, Mark, I got to tell you, I've used all those cheap ones. And yeah. If I don't, don't have any. Won't order. them. I just, you know, I just won't do it because I don't want you sending it back to me and saying, hey, that real seat broke and me having to say, you know what, if you put the Fuji on there, like I asked you to, we wouldn't be going through this. But I like the Fuji stuff and I like, uh, I like the, uh, I like the aluminum. I've got some aluminum stuff that Cindy and I use.
1: I I, I have a, my favorite rods have Fuji guides, I believe. I might be mistaken, Mm -hmm. or or, I'm mistaken. I'm not going to talk.
0: I'm going to stop right here. (laughs) Kevin, (laughs) you know, I build everything from crappie and bluegill rods to saltwater stuff. Um, My mainstay is catfish rods, but um, I built a couple of fly rods this past summer, and I hadn't done any for a long time because I couldn't see as much as well. But I had some surgery done on my eyes, and it's a lot better now. And I built a couple, uh, and it actually enjoyed them. Uh, one of them was a three-piece fly rod. The other was a four-piece uh, for salmon fishing in Alaska. And um, they turned out really nice. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, I like catching bluegill. If I'd never me caught too. another catfish, I would be a bluegill fishing fool because I enjoy catching them. They fight hard for what size they are, and uh, it doesn't hurt my arm near as bad to throw one of them as as in big, heavy uh, catfish rods. John All Patrick right. is grateful, uh,
1: very grateful for, for you. Uh, let me see who... Let me interrupt you real quick and see who popped into the chat here. I'd hate to miss anybody. I really try not to. Absolutely, man. Uh, Jeremy Allen, I think we said hello. Palmetto Cats, I think you might have come in. Robert Robert Chance, he's a good friend of mine. He's in here. Uh, He's a good guy from Southern Illinois. Uh, Does a lot of creek fishing and stuff. Hey, and Derek's here, Uh, Ohio Catfish Chasers. He's going live after the show at uh, 8 o'clock, I believe, our time. So, uh, Hello, and, and thanks for stopping by, guys. Hopefully, Norm, I see Norm came in here, too. Hey, Norm, what's up, buddy? Uh, I imagine there's a lot of people watching Chunky over there, but that, that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's
0: all part
1: good. of it. All right, so, um, you know, I did want to ask you real quick that EVA foam, does that come in uh, tubes, or is that like a wrap? No, it, it
0: comes in, um, I think the ones that I get are three-foot-long sections, I buy the biggest ones I can get. Okay, so it is and like then, a flat. It's like a flat, long piece that you wrap around it, right? No, no, they're circular with a hole through the center of them. Oh, so they Remember, are. Too- you ever tried to drill a hole through one of them? No. You don't want to order them with the with the hole through I
1: <laughs> Okay, and, just and, curiosity. I wanted to ask that for my own.
0: Well, and and if you're using graphite blanks, you want the smaller diameter hole through the center. If you're using e glass or fiberglass, then they have a bigger. Diameter, So you want bigger center holes in it because uh-huh. I have reamers that will ream up to, uh, I don't know, three foot or so to cut that out. So they slide and fit real snug onto the blanks. Mm-hmm. But what happens is those reamers get plugged up. So it takes forever to do it. And I, and back in the day, I didn't have lathes. Everything was done by hand. So mm-hmm. you would sit there and ream them babies out for hours on end by hand with reamers that you made by hand to get it done, and now, of course, I've got the lathe, and, and you stick them on there and you spin that thing as fast as it'll go, and it runs over Not with a rip. The, yeah, just make it fit. And uh, it's like, it, you know, Jake,
1: when Jake came in, he's going to be on your show on Monday. Hey, what's going on, Jake? Thanks absolutely. for stopping by. what
0: just, a guy he is! He's a super nice guy, I can't wait to have him in very there. Nice I can
1: He'll be a good guest for sure. I'll make sure to tune on to that one. All right, so we made it through the, uh, the rod seats, the handles. Now the eyes. Um, number of eyes, materials of eyes you touch based on, you know, you liking stainless. I know there's ones that have, like, the inserts and stuff, mm-hmm. which I've had nothing but bad luck in my type of fishing. Right. Um, high, high volume of casts maybe a little more, but i got to make sure they're extra careful uh, with them. I knock them out all the time.
0: If I break a rod and they have those, it's usually that's the first thing to break for me. So, Yep, and that's the reason why most of them get replaced at the box stores is because I don't care what kind it is, it's going to come out at some point. They haven't made one yet. It doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't. If they did, they are smoother. I, I will give them that, especially the ceramic ones. They are just ultra smooth, but catfishing guys as a rule are not quite as careful with their stuff when they're getting a 30 pound fish in the boat as a guy is with a five pound bass you know they're just not they throw them around beat them around step on them and and them guides just they just won't hang with them and and guys say, oh man, you need to educate your customers. I said, no, I don't. They know what they want. Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to use
1: it, we're educate the, the producer, not the client, I think. If
0: you can meet, <laughs> I think if you that's meet a great demands, analogy.
1: Yeah, if you can meet the demands of the people that want to buy your stuff, you're, you're good. You just got to yeah. figure it out. But I, yeah, I get it too. I'm, I, I, I'm terrible in and out of trucks, throwing into garage and stuff. You know, I get back, I do long time fish. I, when I go out fish, I'm fishing eight to 10 hours. Usually when I'm, when I'm done, I'm, I'm tired. I want to get home or if I'm getting out there, I'm excited. I'm in a hurry to get out there Mm -hmm. and that's where I make all my mistakes. So, Uh, but I get it. So number of rods, I guess, is there a a number of, I'm sorry, um, eyes? Is there a a rule to that?
0: Well, there is not a rule. There's a general starting point, but I want to, you know, I want to say this in the kindest way I know how people think that more guides is better. Okay. When you gotta have if you've got a seven and a half or an eight foot rod blank and you gotta have 10 or 12 guides on it, then that's too cheap a blank to be using for what you're doing. The starting point is one guide per foot plus one, and that will include your tip. If you have to use more than eight or nine guides on an eight-foot rod blank. You need to step up the blank because the ones you're using is too cheap to be building on. Okay, now that's interesting. I I didn't realize that um, that the
1: rod blank had to do with the amount of eyes that are on there. What, Absolutely. How does yeah. that How does that relate to one another? So like the more rods, the stronger. The more eyes, the more it makes up for a, a cheap blank. Your your section, but. If you
0: put okay, you're you're oh, cutting the space down between. Okay, exactly. That makes sense. So if if you have a an eight foot rod blank and I put eight guides on it, including the tip, you know they're going to start out about four or five inches apart, and then gradually get wider gap wider gap on down to the to the butt section of it. To where if it's got ten, then babies are this far apart, and they oh, got to keep them that close. Because if not, they'll break in between the guys. In between the guys. Okay, and that's that makes why sense. they put more of them on there is to keep the blanks from breaking because they're they're just they're either catching too big a fish for what the blank's designed for, or it's just not good enough quality. Yeah, because yeah. I was
1: I, I was thinking, you know, the stress is throughout the blank, but but this
0: kind of makes sense where it's spread out between yeah. the eyes. And, and you wonder we test everyone. we we'll, um, I've got a starting point, like I say, for where I put guides on nearly every uh, rod that I've ever built and kept track of it. So I'll go to that starting point and tape them on. And then I'll put a reel on it and, and we'll bend it and make sure that it's a, a very smooth transition between the guides. And if one of them touches the blank or if it's not smooth, then I may have to move one guide up and down a quarter of an inch. You mean know where up. the line, if the line touches the blank? Uh, you, know. I don't, you will not ever see that on one of mine. Good. The, the guy, the line's not supposed to touch the rod blank. It doesn't hurt anything. It just ain't supposed to be that
1: way. Now, real quick, before I check for some more questions, my one of my questions is uh, uh, difference between casting and spinning. A lot, I've seen a lot of people use casting rods on spinning or casting reels on spinning rods and vice versa. What is the difference? Does it make a difference? Um, are we talking, you know, minimal
0: stuff? Or are we talking a big difference? What's your well, opinion on that? One thing, every every rod blank, no matter if you order a dozen or a thousand of them, every time you get one in and you pull it out of its sleeve to build on it, they all have a spine. And every right. rod is different. Some of them have two and maybe even three different spines. So you spin that and you find the spine. And if you're doing a spinning rod, you want the guides on the bottom of the curve. So your spine is on the top. If you're if you're doing uh, casting rods, you want your guides on the top. So the curve, the natural curve will be on the top. That's where you want your guides on. You
1: want the spine on the outside of the arc.
0: That's that's exactly right. Now with spinning guides, most of those are a lot bigger diameter because of the bale size and mm-hmm. the cranking ability of a spinning reel. And it stops a lot of flop as they go out. And that's we use a tooth. they call it a two-thirds uh deal uh to to tell you where the first guide is approximately supposed to be because with casting guides your your bottom guides probably 20 inches 18 20 inches from the where it comes off of the reel on a spinning rod it may be 30 inches and, and you're trying to eliminate as much of that slap as it comes to the guys
1: well also you know the spinning rod sits taller off the, the- well, exactly, it sits taller right. after it, so that, that makes all the sense in the world. So. Yep, very cool. Um, uh, now, crappie rods, let's talk a little bit about them. You had mentioned okay. uh, what, what's the weight? What, what are your crappie
0: rods weighing in it? Um, I don't know how much this weighs, it's got a reel on it. I just happened to add this one out, but I'm going to guess reel and all this probably weighs eight or ten ounces, maybe 12. That's this crazy. Is one that i built myself, it's got oh, dirt on it. pretty. It's probably uh, four or five years old. Um, if you look at the tip of it, you see how it's close here. That's not too far off, but it's missing mm-hmm. one guide because I showed it to the tailgate of the truck. <laughs> but the, even these, because uh, I use, I, people know that I like my braid. Now, this particular rod, it has a, a monofilament four-pound test on it. But most of my spinning reels, I got stainless guides on them because most of the time I'm using braid even on my bluegill and crappie rods. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you seen those new eyes that certain companies are putting on their their crappie rods? I forget what they're called. I think Casking King came up with them. I think they're licensing them through them. They kind of look like they have a spider web on the inside of the actual eye. Yeah, I've seen some of those. Actually,
0: they, they wasn't the first one to come up with them. They may have got the license licensing on them, though. Yeah, uh, that happens a lot. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, uh, Yeah, I kind of like those. I, I you don't... know, I
1: got a story about that. I bought a, a rod from a company, and uh, I love this rod. Right, I use it all the time. I ordered a second one, and it came with those eyes on it. Uh-huh. I get on the I get on the phone. I'm talking to them. I'm like, you know, what, this. I I really don't like this rod. I want one of these old ones. I, this is ridiculous. This makes no sense. Right. He's like, trust me, Mark, go ahead and check it out. Give it a shot. And I'm like, no way. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I want one of the rods. I go, you you have one in the back. Send me one of those rods. I'll buy it. I don't care. He says, Mark, I'm out. I won't give it to you. I'm like, all right, son of a gun. I go, if I don't like it, I can return it, right? He's like, Absolutely. Um, I use I use like four-pound, six-pound test mono on all my crappie stuff, too. It just yeah. works best for me. But yeah. uh took it out there, and, Lyle, I tell you, I fell in love with the damn thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was so surprised. I was so doubting it that if he, even if it performed just the littlest bit, I'd have been tickled, and it did more than that. So I'm pretty okay. happy. I was kind of surprised at that.
0: I, I really wish that they would come up with a uh, – especially for the crappie rods and stuff – I wish that they would come up with a guide with a with a real slick, smooth insert that would never come out, and that I could say stand behind. Uh, but until they do, I'll keep using the stainless ones with with the chrome plating on them because I like the they they just will cast better. They just don't the, the they're smooth. Yeah, they just won't stay with it, mm-hmm. and um, I hate that about it. Uh, I've tried every one. A lot of these companies, like I say, used to be. It happened a lot more than it does now because I just I just don't promote like I used to. But I would get companies that sent me blanks to build on to see if I like them. Once in a while, you find something you really do like, and guides and different things. And it's not that I didn't like the guides; they just wouldn't hang with me. And and when you given lifetime warranties on stuff and uh, three weeks into the deal, guys, the center of the guides pop out. That's no good, man. All you do is spend your time fixing them.
1: I, I, you don't want to have to do that.
0: I'm not. I, I don't want the stuff.
1: I don't want the stuff breaking for me while I'm out fishing as well. You know. And the last thing I want to do is have to return stuff to somebody. So yeah, if you want me to be a happy client, then not you in general, but I mean, I'm right. not you, but I mean, companies in general. Build me something that's going to last for a while, and that's is right.
0: Not I agree, to- and that's what I look for when I go to buy something. You know, and people laugh at me about uh, about what the vehicles we drive. Well, I was in the automotive business my entire life, and I know what I didn't work on the least, and that's what I drive. Yeah, <laughs> if it, I was service manager for two GM dealerships and a Ford dealership, and like I say, I know what broke down a lot. and <clears throat> I ain't owning them. You know, I worked. I worked when
1: through high school. I worked at a a, a, a Mopar dealership. You notice I didn't say Dodge or whatever, a Mopar I, dealership. <laughs> so uh, that's what I know. So I kind of stick with what I yeah. know. I know what's going to break and what's not going to break. Let's say. Well, and,
0: and being able to to repair them has a lot to do with it too. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, I I contend. That for 100 years, people bought Chevrolets just because they thought they could work on them, and they was easier than anything else. And for a lot of people, maybe that was true. Mm -hmm. But now I don't think it makes any difference. I don't think any of us could work on any of them anymore. Even
1: I mean, back in the, the, I'm going to date myself, in the 80s, when when you had a a sideways-mounted six-cylinder like on a Pontiac, you had to take half the motor out just to change the park plugs. That's right. Those days have been gone for a long time, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I'm glad, too. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad you know I, I worked on cars back when they put 429s in 6970 Mustangs and you'd have to jack one side of the motor up to get in there with a universal yep. spark plug socket just to change the plugs in them or drill right. holes in the fender well inside the fender well so yeah I've seen some of that crap
1: I had to take the the um, valve cover off of my Cummins just to change a filter last weekend
0: don't
1: doubt it. Sounds like okay, whatever. So, anyways, so back to the Fisher Rats. Um, I'm trying, I wanted to ask you something else, I forgot. We're going off on a tangent. Do we have any questions? Creole is talking Ford stuff again. We're not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> hear me? Uh, 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 uh I want to thank everybody for coming in, especially uh, uh, my guest Lyle. Uh, tonight was a real good conversation. Um, Uh, What else you got going on? Oh, actually, I I wanted to run this by everybody let everybody know. Next weekend, or not next weekend, next Friday on next week's show, I am uh, letting my show slash channel be taken over by so far five, maybe six ladies. Oh, wow. They're going to run the show. You know that show that's on one of the news channels called, uh, what was it, Outnumbered? I'm calling it Outfished. So I'm going to let the ladies run the channel for the night. We're going to let them do everything. Hopefully, we'll get a bunch of people out there to check them out, and we'll let them have a voice. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. So uh, some of the people that are going to be here is obviously going to be D and uh, uh, Betty, who's not here. She's getting ready for her trip to Alabama. Um, and then I got a couple of – well, I got one uh, pro fisherman coming on, and I got a beginner. Uh, I don't see her in the room. And then I'm hoping to get one more pro, so uh, – We'll see what happens, kind of spanning it out. But I'm kind of looking forward to this. I I'd mention, I mentioned it to my wife, While You know how many points I scored with that one? I didn't oh, even mean probably. to do it that
0: way. <laughs> you know, we done some of those all-women shows years ago, and Cindy and Leanne Davidson and, and some of them ladies got on them uh, and done those shows, and they was really good. They was well-received in the industry. Uh, but I remember a time in the catfish tournament world, Mark, to where – Lynn Lang and Janet Fox and Cindy and uh, Vicky Mathena was the majority of the women you ever seen at catfish tournaments. Uh, There would be some, but they wouldn't fish nearly as many. And Lynn fished with Doc for years and was one time the West Virginia State Blue Cat record holder. Um, Janet Fox has fished with Bink for as long as I can remember Uh, Vicki Mathena fished with her son Jason they call her the queen of the Mississippi they should call her the queen of fishing she's (laughs) caught more and bigger fish than the majority of women will ever see in their lifetime Uh, she is awesome fisherman and and just as good a lady as there's ever been Uh, I can remember the time when you go to a tournament and you never see a woman except in the in the crowd not not fishing and it's absolutely been wonderful to see them come along i feel like i've got the best fishing partner in the industry if we was to go to a tournament tomorrow i would be comfortable with cindy in the boat with me because she knows what i'm going to do i know what she's going to do and uh, we've been doing it for a long time and i know doc felt the same way when lynn and him fished together Thank But you. It makes total sense to me, you know. It cost a little bit more, but it's worth the extra, in my book.
1: Yeah, uh, Betty actually sent me a link to one of your old shows actually today, so I was actually watching it today. Um, so it was pretty cool. I think it was it was actually way
0: back. Do I even have it up yep. here? Maybe it I, was. I, uh, I think that was the one where uh, where Leanne Davidson and uh, yes. the wife and Cindy was in it, and uh, yep. yeah, it was a really good one. That's probably the first the first uh, all women show that we tried to do and we've had several of them since then like i say they're always well received
1: you know i i i, I love fishing and i think fishing is for everybody i don't care new young old male female whatever that's right you know, Whatever makes you happy. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to let them run the show. Give me kind of the night off. I'm going to be around to watch them, maybe
0: facilitate some questions and stuff. But uh, I'm excited about that. I think it's a great idea. I'm looking forward to it. So actually a great ideas. I don't want to hone in on what you got going, but uh, we talked about it Monday night a little bit, this deal with this tournament that Chad came up with. It's oh, yeah. Excellent idea. I'm excited about it. We're kind of in a... Wandering at the moment with my boat and a gas leak, but we're going to be working on that, trying to get everything lined up. And that and the Golden Whisker Awards, I think both of those are outstanding ideas. Uh, and I think that people will do well with those. Uh, I think these are things that, especially with this COVID deal in this tournament, I think this is, excites me to see him come up with this. And then the, the awards... Uh, show that kevin come up with i I think that'll be something that we'll see around for years to come i agree i'm really i I
1: really had fun watching it last weekend i'm looking forward to getting up early tomorrow and not fishing actually checking that out and then sunday like i said i'm going to help chat out and doing the ghost hosting i'm really looking forward to that which is one of the biggest reasons why i keep mentioning it so yeah
0: i I think think that's great and i'll be looking forward to visiting with you but like i say uh, We took our boat out after being sitting for two and a half years, Run it the other day. Everything is fine. I come in, man, he's got a real strong gas mail. So I pulled the live well out, and I think I've located the leak. But that leak's got to be fixed before I'm taking it back out. Wow. Yeah, it's boat's that simple.
1: Yeah, boats, you know, people who don't have boats don't understand that you get some gas fumes in that bilge is never a good thing. Yeah. I've seen a few accidents in my time, you know, fortunate enough not for me. I'm too old to be trying to swim to the bank. Not just that, it's just fire burns and it hurts. <laughs> yeah, you can't get away from it. <laughs> uh, let's see, we got one over. I was trying to see, does anybody have any other questions? I, I'm glad that everybody's here to check everything uh, that tuned in and, and check the show <clears throat> Lyle, you're a wonderful guest. You answered a lot of questions. I hope that people learned something tonight. I know I did.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm glad you asked me to do this. I've done a, a podcast with Dieter some time back, and I enjoy doing it. Like I say, I do don't build near as many as I used to, because I just got to feeling so guilty every time I'd leave the house, I should have been working. And I just, I just, I'm too old to be doing that much work. I still enjoy doing it or I wouldn't do it at all. But I was, I was thrilled that you asked me to come on here and be your guest. I, it's a, it's different from this side of the show. And, and I like doing this as well as the other, but, uh, uh, I talked to you about some about some things, and I talked to James about you helping out here in a few weeks for us today. And uh, that's probably going to be great where you come on and and help us out on Catfish Weekly here in a few weeks. Uh, I, I'd be honored to do so,
1: but I want to make sure that everything's okay with you. I'd rather you be fine and dandy than oh yeah, well, step in and help. So
0: it's supposed to be in and out. So I uh, go in one day, and they're going to do uh, they're going to reattach three tendons on one, my right shoulder. And um, it'll be orthoscopic, and then they'll send me home, and uh, I have to learn how to do everything uh, left-handed, and I am very much not left-handed. You I mean, and me both. I mean, it's going to be very tough to figure all that out.
1: But I'm, I'm petting my dog with my left hand to try and keep her quiet right now, and I'm having a hard time doing it. <laughs>
0: We get set in our ways, don't we, Lyle? We, we do, you know, and especially when you get to be my age. And uh, But you know what? We'll figure it out. That's, that's what you do. You figure things out and you make it happen. But uh, I had an absolute blast on here tonight with you, Mark. I, I had fun, too. Uh,
1: before we go, I do want to, uh, uh, everybody down in Louisiana and down south, uh, I'll be praying for you. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Uh, Betty, Roger, uh, Brandon, Janice, you guys are heading down there. Doc Lang, he's living down there. You guys all be safe on your vacation he's terrible, he's visiting yeah. with Doc. Um, anybody else need any prayers? You got them from me. Uh, I don't even need to Creole. mention names. So Creo uh, seems perfect. to uh, uh, have things under control down there. Hopefully, he's absolutely right not to worry. But we'll we'll include him and his family in the prayers. Absolutely. All right, folks. Thank you very much for uh, watching Lyle again. Thank you for being my guest. Anytime. I had fun. Uh, hopefully next week everybody will have fun, too. So uh, we'll see you later. Uh also, the Dockery?
0: The Dockery's
1: what? back. James Dockery fishing. Oh, thank you, James. I guess I'll make him a, a moderator. <laughs>
0: He blamed me for that, by the way. I just yeah,
1: I kind of figured that's what
0: it was. I was just
1: kind of talking to you, buddy. You know we love you. He's a good man. I don't care what anybody says. Exactly- I'm going to log in and get a bunch of those messages that he sent you the other day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you. Good night. Have a good – oh, real quick, Derek over at Ohio Catfish Chasers, he is uh, – um, fishing live on his channel right now he's starting you want to give him a shout out and the usual suspects are fishing as well over at chunky cats fishing so pick one of those pick them both check them out i'll give you something to do the rest of the night have a good
0: night everybody god bless and be safe out there